The EPL Show on the Sports Gambling Podcast is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $500 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by the $500 SGPN Fantasy Premier League Mini League for your chance to win $500 this season. All you need to do is check out the pinned tweet at the Twitter account at SGPSoccer. That's at SGP Soccer. We'll support you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use your promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with the promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in Best Ball Mania 2 for your chance to win $1 million. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app in the App Store or the Google Play Store today. Hey guys, you are listening to the EPL show here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. The EPL is back. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. As mentioned in the ad read at the top of the show, if you go to the pin tweet at SGP Soccer, it is currently not the PL from lockbetting.com. It is the information to join the $500 SGPN Fantasy Premier League Mini League. That's right. The SGPN this year are giving away $500 to the winner of the SGPN Mini League. It is free to enter. The information is at the pin tweet over at SGP Soccer on Twitter. That's at SGP Soccer. We are also giving away $100 of SGPN merchandise to the runner-up and we are giving away a monthly prize as well, a free SGPN t-shirt of your choice every single month and it's free to enter. All you need to do is check out that pinned tweet on the Twitter account at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. So as I said, the the, uh, the pinned tweet is no longer the PNL. We will be getting up the July PNL shortly once the soccer season starts. But at the moment, we are concentrating on the Fantasy Premier League and we'll be talking about the Fantasy Premier League shortly. If you want to get all of my plays, head over to lockbetting.com. Lockbetting.com is the home of the European show and the European show is where you'll be able to hear picks for La Liga and the Bundesliga this season because the Bundesliga is being replaced by Serie A. We'll be doing our Serie A previews next week. And of course, you get all of my other plays as well. I have 98 months in a row of Transparent Trap Profit and we're already well on course for this month being the 99th and that's before a ball has even been kicked with the soccer season. That's because we finished the Olympics so strong. But August is the best month to sign up because it's the start of the Lockbetting.com financial year. We take our year from August to August because August is such a prominent month because we give out all of our soccer futures. We just posted our first 
two futures for the soccer season this morning and we will continue to do that throughout the week. Also at the end of the month we have our NFL futures as well. We hit 79.6% futures over at lockbetting.com so there is no better time to sign up. You do not want to miss out on our futures plays and you won't if you sign up this week. So that's lockbetting.com to be a part of the journey for the 99th month in a row of Transparent Track Profit. And at the start of September, we'll be chasing that 100th month as we start to give out our Champions League futures as well. So two massive months over at lockbetting.com. Make sure you are a part of the journey. If you don't want to get the top package and be a part of the track plays and head towards that 99th month in a row, there are other options for you. You can just get a soccer pack to get all of the soccer plays, or you can just get a pod- podcast pack to get every single one of our podcasts which will include the european show and the european show as i said is your chance to still get plays for la liga and the bundesliga and all the other top leagues from across europe because what we do is we scan all the top leagues and we narrow it down to five to ten plays that we really like and they end up on the european show so that's all over at lockbetting.com so I said we would look at the, the Fantasy Premier League. Now, we've been doing this for a few years for the SGPN, but this is the first year that we are giving you guys free entry. So make sure you do check out that pin tweet and you take advantage of this because Ryan and Sean are kindly putting up $500 for free for this year's winner. So given that there's free money on the line, you would be foolish not to enter. We're going to start part one of the season preview by looking at the Fantasy Premier League. We're going to be giving out some tips here to you guys. Um, You don't necessarily have to follow these guidelines here for, for picking a team. There are many, many different ways of doing it. But this strategy that I'm going to lay out does tend to have a little bit more success when you look at the top teams at the end of the season they usually do implement a similar strategy to this and I'm going to lay that out for you so the best thing that you should do in my opinion when picking this team is to start out with your four or five key players that you are 100% behind that you think are are guaranteed to get you points throughout the season. So usually when I do this, I would be looking at midfielders. I think midfielders are the most important players here in this game because they give you assists, they give you goals. Their goals give you more points than the goals scored by the strikers because it's all at a point system where if a defender scores, you get the most points. If a midfielder scores, you get the second most points. And if the striker scores, they're expected to score. You only get four points for a striker scoring. So midfielders scoring are absolutely key. Key, especially when you consider a lot more goals have come from midfielders um, over the past few years because wingers in this game are, are, are determined to be um, midfielders. So when you're looking at a Mo Salah, who's very high up in the top goal scorer market, in the top goal scorer odds, something we'll be looking at shortly, he's actually put out as a midfielder. So you'd be getting six points for a Mo Salah goal instead of four points for a Harry Kane goal. So for me, Salah has more value in this game, providing he's consistent and has another good season. Of course, it's not always a, a guarantee that if you take a top player, he's going to perform. Um, over If you took Mane last season instead of Salah, who was a slightly cheaper option, that would have been a really, really bad choice because Salah had a lot more points than Mane and Mane didn't prove worth the money. And the same could be said for Aubameyang last year. He was a striker playing for Arsenal, um, put 
put up as a winger here on Fantasy Premier League and turned out to be a very, very poor purchase. So these decisions don't always come off and that's why this isn't always the the absolute best way to pick your team. But but more often than not, this is the way to go. So all, immediately I'd be looking at having Mo Salah in my team. He's a midfielder who's not really a midfielder and is very, very high in the top goal scoring market for the for the odds for, to, to win that. So I'd be looking at bringing him into my team. Another one I'd be looking at is uh, is Bruno Fernandes. I think he's another top midfielder. He brings goals and assists as well. He's obviously a penalty taker too. So a lot of his goals will be coming from the, the penalty spot when he's not necessarily involved in, in the assist or, or, or scoring the goal um, from open play. He can still add to his tally from penalties and it's still worth the same as open play goals. So it doesn't make a difference to you. So they're two key players I would be looking at. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of love here for Jack Grealish he's only priced up at eight million pounds because obviously when this was initially done he was an Aston Villa player I actually preferred him as an Aston Villa player I think that he would have been the key player at Aston Villa he'd have been getting loads of assists he would have been scoring goals and he would have been playing every single game I actually don't like Jack Grealish now at the eight million pound price and as I said there'll be a lot of love for him but for me that one is a miss. I'm not really interested in having Jack Grealish in my team when he's going to be sharing out the minutes and the goals with other players in the Manchester City team. Again, if we run through the list here, uh, Mo Salah at 12 and a half is a much better purchase for me than Mane at 12. I don't see uh, why you'd be purchasing Mane at 12. De Bruyne, I think, is overpriced this season at 12 when uh, Fernandes is at 12 and, and gives you um, a few more goals, at least if you're looking back at recent history. Um, I don't like Sterling at 11 million pounds here either. Uh, he was in and out of the Manchester City team last season and even though he had a good Euros, He's going to be sharing time on the pitch with the likes of uh, Mares, Bernardo Silva, Jack Grealish, and maybe even Fernand Torres as well, although I do think to a lesser extent. Uh, I do like Song. His price has moved up slightly, but at 10 million, I do think he's a little bit of a bargain. I also think the same thing about Jaden Sancho, especially with Marcus Rashford missing the start of the season. Mares at nine, I still think provides value. I think he's going to get game time. Uh, Havertz, I think, will have a better season. He's available at 8.5. I'm not interested in Pulisic at 8. He's a great player, but I don't think he figures into Tuchel's plans as far as being in the first team. I think Havertz and Mount will occupy the two wide midfield positions here and will be expected to provide a service for Romelu Lukaku, who will be very, very interesting when he comes in. We'll talk about him when he gets to strikers because currently he hasn't been added to the game. But when we do part two of our EPL preview, we'll touch on fantasy again briefly at the start, especially to speak about the additions of Lukaku and perhaps uh, Rafa Varane in defence for Manchester United as well. I've already spoke about, spoke about how Grealish doesn't interest me at 8 million. The same could be said for Phil Foden. As we get lower down, um, the only guy that really sticks out for me here is Zayak. I think Zayak is going to get some game time as well. I think Mount could push into that that mid that middle position uh, in the three of midfield, which allows Zayak to get out wide and with Havertz on the other side. Um, so earlier on, I said uh, Mount and Havertz will be the wide players. That they won't be, in fact. I think Zayak will come in there. But again, it pushes Pulisic further back in the team. Uh, Diego Jota is interesting because he's a midfielder who's actually a striker. I 
I think it'll be um, a very competitive position at Liverpool, that striker's position between Jota and Firmino. Uh, Gundogan, he's interesting at 7.5, but he really will need to repeat what he did last season, and I just don't see him doing that. Paul Pogba at 7.5, never really interested in Pogba uh, because he can can fluctuate from playing out wide left where he's more effective, or he can go into a holding midfield position, which would totally limit his points. Uh, Mason Greenwood's interesting, especially with uh, Rashford not starting this season with him having shoulder surgery he could get some game time and he could look like a bargain at 7.5 playing out wide for Manchester United especially given the easy start that Manchester United have on paper going into the season um, Wilfred Zaha's here at 7 he'll now be playing under Patrick Vieira at Crystal Palace if we move further down it's difficult to find lots of bargains here. Uh, I think James Madison could be good at 7 million. He starts the season. Um, last time he was in and out with injuries, but I think he could be a key player for Leicester here. He represents a bargain here at 7. Uh, another bargain could be Saka. Uh, coming in here at 6.5 a lot of interest for him he's a highly picked midfielder so a large percentage of people have gone for for Saka Leon Bailey comes in here at 6.5 for Aston Villa along with Bundia Uh, they are touted as the replacements here for Jack Grealish Uh, Tielemans at 6.5 is always a consistent play. Deli Ali interests me because with Mourinho gone, Deli Ali is set to start the season in midfield. So he'll be starting behind whoever the striker is at Tottenham. It's currently looking to be Harry Kane. So he's going to be in quite an advanced position. And if Deli's getting the start, he could chip in with some points. So at 6.5 million, Deli Ali could look like a bargain here in this team. Other than that, as we run through the rest of it, it's very, very difficult to find any major bargains. If you go a little bit further down, I think Soshek at um, West Ham is going to continue to remain consistent uh, after how well he did last season. We've not actually seen a significant price increase for Soshek, who's still available at six million. So I think that would really be the last bargain that I would pick out here as we move on from the midfield position here in Fantasy Premier League. So the way you're looking to build this midfield is to have as many key midfielders as you can usually it's only two because if you have more than two it makes it very difficult to build the rest of your team you may be able to squeeze in three so if you go for Son, Fernandez, and and Mo Salah um, you will really be bargain hunting then for the rest of your team so you'd certainly be looking at cheaper midfielders you'd certainly be looking at a, a Soshek and then you'd be looking at someone possibly even cheaper than that as, as, as a squad player because remember you pick 15 players here and 11 are going to play so you have a sub or in every position essentially on the bench so um you have a sub goalkeeper sub defender sub midfielder or a sub attacker what i prefer to do is go for two sub attackers because attackers are very overpriced in this game and I tend to go for five midfielders or even five defenders if you can have defenders that you are certain that are going to keep clean sheets. So we'll look at defenders next because defenders often represent the most bargains here in this game. If you're looking at the most expensive, um, you have Trent Alexander-Arnold at 7.5. You look at that and think, why would I want to pay for him? But If he has a type of season he had a couple of years ago, that will look like a valuable play because he'll be chipping in with free kicks, assists, and maybe even clean sheets as well. A little bit further down is is Robertson at seven. He starts the season injured, so there is no real incentive to go for him. Van Dijk is available at 6.5. Van Dijk used to chip in with more goals and... 
whilst he, since he's gone to Liverpool, he's not really coming up and scoring from corners like he used to at Southampton and Celtic. So I think for, for you to take Van Dijk, as much as he is considered to be one of the best defenders in the world, Liverpool are going to need to be keeping those clean sheets again. So that one is a little bit of a risky one because he doesn't get the assist that Robertson and Trent Alexander Arnold provide you with. Uh, Aspilicueta, I think, is overpriced, priced at six because we don't know if he's even going to have the shirt in that position. Same for Chilwell at six. Uh, and same for Cancelo as well at six as well. I think Diaz is a solid player. I'll definitely be looking at having him in my team. I think he'd be looking at playing maybe 35, 36 of the Premier League games this season. Uh, Thiago Silva, if he can stay fit, I do think he has a shirt at centre-back for Chelsea at 5.5. Alonso at 5.5 is a poor purchase because you're not guaranteed game time. With Rudiger at 5.5, you are. With Zuma at 5.5, you're not. Uh, and with James at 5.5 for Chelsea, again, it's questionable as to whether it be him or Aspilicueta starting with a shirt because Tuchel likes to, to rotate. So if you're looking at Chelsea defenders, I would be looking at the centre-backs. Uh, Luca Dina also comes in here at 5.5. He can provide you with with assists and goals, but Everton's clean sheets will be limited. Although with Benitez as the manager, there could be a change in philosophy. So we could have, we could see one or two more. Uh, Pereira at 5.5 here for Leicester at right back and Castagna as well. I'd be looking at Castagna ahead of Pereira because um, I'm not 100% sure that Pereira is going to start every single game. There's a lot of competition for right back at um, at Leicester this season. Canate comes in here for Liverpool at 5.5. Not sure if he's going to keep the sheet when keep the shirt when Gomez is fit. Carl Walker is a decent pick here for Manchester City at 5.5. John Stones has just signed a five-year deal, so you'd expect him to remain alongside Diaz as the centre-back, especially when you look at Ake's poor performance in the Community Shield. As for who plays left-back for Manchester City, it really is a toss-up. It could be Laporta. Um, it's Sorry, it could be um, it could be Mendy, it could be um, Cancelo, it could be Sinchenko. Uh, Sinchenko and Mendy here at priced at five point five. They're risky. Laporta as well at five point five. I think there'll be more competition this season between him and John Stones for the other centre back position. I think Harry Maguire's a bargain here at five point five. I think Man United will be strong at the back. We're looking at Varane, you're looking at Maguire, looking at Shaw, you're looking at um, Wambasaka. That is a very very strong defence. Shaw is actually the most picked defender in the game this season off the back of his performances at the Euro and I think he's a bargain actually at 5.5 Cresswell also of uh, West Ham is available at 5.5 they'll need to have another good season here um, for that to be of any value if we move down to the 5.5 million pound players I think Tierney provides a lot more value than Bellerin Gabriel of Arsenal starts the season injured Tyrone Miggs may be good if Aston Villa can keep clean sheets but again that's a risky one. As we move through the other five million pound defenders, the only one I can really identify is um, Tadowski of Burnley because Burnley do have a tendency to chip in with some clean sheets. I think Christensen's also interesting as well. I think he'll provide some competition at centre-back. But again, I do think they'll start the season with Silver and Rudiger. So I would probably stay away from Christensen there. There are a whole host of Everton defenders here at five, point, at five million. And so if you do think um, 
Benitez is going to tighten up the defence. You could be looking at a Coleman, a Keane, or a Mina, or a Godfrey here. So Yonku of Leicester also comes in here at five million pounds. And uh, a Joe Gomez is another one. It'd be interesting to see who starts that 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 with that centre back spot alongside Van Dijk. They have a lot of decent centre backs here at Liverpool. We're looking at Gomez, Kanate coming in as well, and even Matip, who has previously held that position. Um, further down here, a whole load of five million pound players. Um, Walker Peters has the right back position at Southampton, but Southampton are selling so many players. It wouldn't surprise me to see them in a relegation race. The fullbacks at Tottenham are Aurier. Doherty and Regulon, they're all available at five point five at five million. Sorry, um, I think Regulon will be the the definite starter. As will Romero, um, a new centre back signing here for Spurs. I think will definitely start. So he looks like a cheap option at five million that should be relatively decent. As we go further down, um, you've got Ben White of Arsenal, who's coming in for fifty million at just four point five million. I think he'll be in a defensive partnership with Holding. Uh, either one of those interests me, but I think for fifty million, White has to start, so he has to be a cheap option that you consider in your team. Despite the fact that Arsenal are, are heavily criticised, um, I do think that they'll end up keeping more cl- more clean sheets than the other teams down there. When you're looking at Brentford defenders and Villa defenders and Brighton defenders and, and Burnley defenders at 4.5. I would rather go for Ben White of Arsenal all day long here, available for that price. A whole host, a whole host of Leeds players here at 4.5. You're looking at Ailing and and Cooper and Koch. Um, I would be looking at Ailing possibly as, as as an option from that 4.5 category. And uh, as we move further down, the other name at 4.5 that interests me would be um, would be Eric Dyer. I still think he's going to get the start here for, for Tottenham. And uh, another one I'd be looking at at 4.5 would be Connor C- Cody of Wolves. Although I do think their clean sheets will be limited this season. I don't really see any players that interest me at 4 million. They're 4 million for a reason. And uh, I cannot make a case for anybody at 4 million pounds starting this season here from the defenders available when you're looking at strikers um, everybody automatically goes to the likes of Harry Harry Kane or in previous years they've looked at Sergio Aguero I wouldn't be necessarily looking necessarily looking at those options because at the end of the day, if you stack your midfield and you do have gold scoring midfielders and midfielders that, that take assists, you don't really need those players. Yes, Danny Ings at eight million and Calvert Lewin at eight million, they do look attractive, and I wouldn't dissuade you from having either one of them. But I certainly wouldn't be going for both because I do think you need to be saving your money for midfielders and possibly um, goal scoring defenders and clean sheet defenders or defenders that keep assists. So for me spending your money on Mo Salah spending your money on Trent Alexander-Arnold spending your money on Bruno Fernandes spending your money on Song spending your money on Ruben Diaz is a little bit more important because those clean sheets and those assists and those goals are going to be coming in constantly whereas yes you may have a prolific striker but it's just going to be four points how many assists are you going to get from your striker so and it's a lot of money as well the the strikers are all priced up at at high amounts you're looking at Harry Kane at 12.5 but even even when you're looking at an average striker like a Calvert-Lewin or a Danny Ings, you're looking at eight million, eight million for Banford, seven point five for Watkins, seven point five for Richarlison, seven point five for Dakar, seven point five for Wilson. So I'd be looking at getting in as, as cheap a striker as possible. I would certainly be looking at having a striker here that sits on your bench all season. So anybody for that four point five mark as a filler. 
he doesn't get he doesn't need to get near your team. He just needs to take up four and a half million pounds and just sit on your bench for the whole season and never get anywhere near your first eleven because your first eleven are going to be the only players that are scoring for you. Uh, I think Tony of Brentford, Ivan Tony, really interests me. There's a lot of hype behind him. A lot of people expect him to do well in the Premier League and transfer over what he did from the Championship onto the Premier League. So for six point five, he could be an interesting option. Um, usually, I like to just take two. 4.5 players here and pick one really, really strong striker and just leave the 4.5s on my bench for the whole season and hope that I never have to, I never in a position where uh, I need them to play because if you're taking 4.5 million pound strikers, they probably won't play. So what I'm looking at is basically building my squad of 12 players that really, really play a lot from midfield and defence. One striker that plays all the time and scores all the time, possibly a, a Calvert-Lewin. And then, um, and then one substitute that can fill in for any situation where one of your defenders, midfielders, or, or, or not your striker, defenders or midfielders don't start. And then two 4.5 million pound strikers that are just sitting there as lemons, that aren't expected to get any game time, that are just simply there because the format of the game dictates that I need to have three strikers. That's how I'd play it. But if you're not comfortable doing that, then an Ivan Tony is definitely the option for you because, as I said, he could be a player that does really well here in the Premier League and transfers his championship form straight over to the Premier League immediately. So Ivan Tony would be the best cheap option you can really have anyone here at 4.5 just to fill in and and, um, and 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 occupy that minimum number of strikers that you need. But for your top strikers, I'd be looking at Calvert-Lewin. I cannot see a reason why Calvert-Lewin doesn't continue to score like he does, like he did last season. He's still going to be the main go-to guy at Everton. I think Ollie Watkins is another one to look at at Villa. Yes, he's not going to have Jack Greenish there, but I do think they've done very, very well with their signings and they're going to be able to um, compensate for Grealish's goals and assists and the contribution that he made. I actually think Villa looks stronger and they could be a surprise team here who could finish just outside the top six this season. I understand that they did that last season, but if they can do that without Jack Grealish, then that means that they've spent well. Even if Aston Villa finish in the top half this season, I think that they've spent well. So we're going to look at that stuff on the next show. We're going to look at... um, we're going to look at who's going to finish in the top half, who's going to finish in the bottom half. We're going to look at relegations. We're going to look at um, who's going to obviously win the Premier League and who's going to finish in the Champions League positions, who's going to finish in the top six. All of that's going to come over on part two. What we're going to look at here in, in, on part one is the top goal scorers market because the top goal scorer market kind of ties in pretty well to to picking a fantasy Premier League team. And um, the, the head of the market at the moment is Harry Kane. That's to be expected. But I'm not particularly fond of taking Harry Kane to win this market here, especially at the price of 5-2, to two, given that he won't start the season. It's possible that Harry Kane could miss the first couple of games. It's possible that Harry Kane could be moving to, to Manchester City as well. So it's not, it's not 100% that Harry Kane is going to move to Manchester City and that move is going to immediately work out for him and he's going to become the main talisman there scoring all of the goals because we know the quality that Manchester City have and it will be unlikely that all of a sudden the likes of Mara, Sterling and Kevin De Bruyne all of a sudden stop chipping in with their goals and that Harry 
Harry Kane automatically comes in and becomes the next Sergio Aguero. I personally don't think he'll move. I think Daniel Levy is holding out for 160 million. It's going to be very difficult to get 160 million from Manchester City. You just spent 100 million on Jack Grealish. So that'll be an interesting thing to watch. But as it stands... I don't expect to see Harry Kane playing on Saturday and I don't expect Harry Kane this season to repeat the 23 goals he got last season. Mo Salah ended up with 22, but he was heavily criticised along with Mane last season for both of them having a bad season. I would say Mane certainly had a bad season, but I'm not sure when Mo Salah Salah scoring 22 goals in a Premier League last season, how he had a bad season. Perhaps a bad season by his standards, but I think he represents value here at 4-1. to After Mo Salah, there is a massive gap and that's understandable because last season there was a massive gap from the top two goal scorers. Kane was on 23, Salah was on 22 and then you had Fernandes on 18, Son 17 and Banford 17. So I think five goals does represent a significant gap. Next in the market here at 16 to 1 is Raheem Sterling. He doesn't really interest me. I think again he'll continue to share out his minutes. Jota is next at 18 to 1. That's interesting how he's gone above um, Mane in the market and well above Firmino, who's probably going to start above Jota in the team. Danny Ings is very interesting here at 20 to 1. I was talking about Ollie Watkins still having a good season at Aston Villa. That could be affected by Danny Ings coming in. Are they going to play two up front? Is it going to be a case of moving Ollie Watkins out wide? If so, that will affect his goals. And uh, Danny Ings will become the key goal scorer here at Aston Villa this season. If that's the case, 20 to 1 looks like a decent price, as it does on Patrick Bamford of Leeds. Calvert Lewin moves to 22 to 1 here for Everton. That could be an interesting one to sprinkle on. Uh, Fernandez, we know he's the penalty taker at Manchester United. We know he chips in with other goals as well. 18 league goals last season. I think that's going to be difficult to repeat. But if he does repeat that, I think that will be a good season for Fernandes. But for me, he's not in with a shout of being a top goal scorer. Uh, Sadio Mane, he's big here at the same price as Fernandes at 25 to 1, as is Ollie Watkins, who I mentioned. Abamyang's all the way out here at 25 to 1. Now, let's look at the fact that Abamyang had a really, really poor season last year. So if he can do what he did the season before and Arsenal can be better in attack, Abamyang looks really big here at 25 to 1. And Edson Cavani, he's going to start as the key man at Man United. Man United is supposed to be title contenders so Edson Cavani looks massive at 28 to 1 he's also joined at 28 to 1 on Jamie Vardy but I think Jamie Vardy um, I think he's going the wrong way yes he's still the key player at Leicester City but I think they've made some signings that indicate they're looking at some at some support for Vardy they're looking at Vardy perhaps not playing every single game this season and sharing out his starts with the uh, Ianacho and, um, and and Dakar as well, who's coming for 25 million. I think that represents a little bit of a bug. I think, in fact, it was 23 million coming in from uh, RB, Sol- uh, RB Salzburg. So I do think that they're looking at um, not giving Vardy as many starts. He is on the wrong side of 30. So um, I don't think that represents much value either. And Ivan Tony, who we talked about in the Fantasy Premier League um, conversation, he's available at 41. 40 to 1 here. The same price as Hong Moon Song. Uh, that's very big if, uh, if Harry Kane doesn't stay at Tottenham. But for me, um, this market is going to be won by a player who's not even there. And that's uh, Romelu Lukaku at Chelsea. 
I think Chelsea are very, very strong title contenders, and we'll talk about more. We'll talk about that more when we get to part two. And I think when you're looking at a team that won the Champions League, you're looking at a team managed by who I think is the best manager in the league. A lot of people will look at Pep Guardiola, but Tuchel um, was what got the better of Guardiola each time they played last year. His tactics were absolutely spot on. His tactics were the reason why Chelsea went from ninth to a Champions League team. He completely sorted out that defense. He knew how to uh, he to get protection in front of that defence with his holding midfielders. And when you've got Angolo Kante there, who along with Joshua Kimmich at Bayern Munich is one of the best players in the world at doing that, that is a very, very strong asset. I think they sorted out the goalkeeping situation with Mendy. So this team, I feel, are ready to win or at least challenge for the Premier League. And of course they are. They beat the team with their favourites to do it in the Champions League final. We're looking at the Champions League holders. It would be stupid to say that they're not going to be contenders for the Premier League this season. But Last year, they did it with a big handicap. They did it with the fact that none of their strikers were putting the ball in the back of the net. So much creativity in the team when you're looking at Pulisic, Zayek, Havertz, looking at the goal scorers they had in Tammy Abraham and Werner. Nobody here was able to put in goals on a consistent basis. And that's where Romelu Lukaku comes in. This is a very different player to the player that left the Premier League two years ago. Antonio Conte, who I think is the best manager in the world and doesn't have a club at the moment, which is insane. So you're looking at Conte, in my opinion, being the best manager in the world. You're looking at Tuchel being in that conversation above Pep Guardiola for me, because Pep Guardiola for me will always be a checkbook manager who couldn't win the Champions League at Bayern Munich. And we saw that he didn't win the Champions League with Manchester City either. So you can tell me he's a tactical genius, but tactical geniuses don't go into a Champions League final with no holding midfielder and lose the game because there's no holding midfielder to intercept a 40-yard through ball that goes through for the winner in the game. That was solely down to Guardiola's team selection. Tuchel got his tactics spot on, not just in that game, but every time he's played against Man City and in nearly every game that he played last season. Now he's gone and signed for 100 million, the missing ingredient which is a complete player in Romelu Lukaku. This isn't a Romelu Lukaku with a horrible touch. This isn't a Romelu Lukaku that can only score headers and tappings. He can score all sorts of goals from anywhere in and around the box and he contributes in other in other areas where he can now hold up the ball. He now has a decent first touch. He can hold up the play and he can and he can um, create with um, with assists as well. And when he can hold up when he can hold up the ball, he allows other players around him the like of a Havertz and a Zayek and a Mount to get involved in and around them. He's the perfect addition to Chelsea and exactly what they need. And he could be the difference in them challenging for the title next season. I'm actually dying to talk about that um, when he does sign pen to paper in terms of looking at the odds on him, on him being the top goal scorer when he's added and talking about what a difference he'll make to Chelsea when we are covering those title odds. And that's all to come in part two where we talk about the Premier League winner, we talk about the top four, we talk about the top six, we talk about the top half and we talk about relegation. That's all going to be coming on part two. But here we have done our fantasy Premier League talk and we have talked about the top goal scorer market and we are going to leave it here for now. Don't forget to join Fantasy Premier League. Go to Fantasy Premier League 
the, the Fantasy Premier League website. Join the SGPN Mini League. All the details are available on the Twitter account at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. The lockbetting.com PNL is usually the pin tweet, but for the next week, it will be all the information that you need to join the SGPN Fantasy Premier League Mini League. The link will be there. Everything is there for you at the pin tweet. So make sure that you join. $500 going to the winner. $100 of SGP and merchandise for the runner up. And that's just not any old merchandise. You can go to the site and choose the exact merchandise that you want. We've got hoodies, caps, t-shirts, everything there at the SGP and site. And speaking of t-shirts, there'll be a free t-shirt every month for the monthly winner. You have to do nothing here to sign up. There's no fee. There's no anything. All you need to do is go and enter a team to be eligible for all these prizes, including a free $500 cash prize. Yeah, that was Chelsea surprisingly winning the Champions League last season. The season totally turned around by Thomas Tuchel, who came in at the start of uh, 2021 after the firing of Frank Lampard. Took this team into a Champions League position so that they were guaranteed Champions League football this season, even if they lost the final, but also guided them to the Champions League trophy, where they defeated two Spanish teams convincingly on their way to that final. They outclassed Atletico Madrid in the last 16 and they were far better than Real Madrid in the semi-finals, which makes me wonder how Villarreal have any chance here. I understand that it's pre-season, but Chelsea's players, their, their top players, have been playing a lot of pre-season. These are players that didn't go too far in the Euros. So we've been able to see Chelsea play players in the Mind series where they ended up winning that trophy ahead of Tottenham and Arsenal. We've seen a lot of their top players playing and we also have seen Villarreal have a very very poor pre-season record in fact they haven't won a game so far looking at the odds here for this game you have Chelsea available at four to five to win it on the money line it's 13 to five the draw it's nine to two on Villarreal with Chelsea at four to nine to lift the trophy and seven to four on Villarreal I just cannot see past Chelsea here 
their, their strong lineups in the Mind Series convinced me that they'll put a similar lineup out here and win this trophy. They had a 2 2 draw against Tottenham and a 2 1 win against Arsenal. Um, they're also a team that enjoyed an unbeaten record against Spanish opposition last season, winning four and drawing two. We didn't mention those group stage games against Sevilla, but they did end up beating Sevilla convincingly in the group. Seven of the last eight Super Cup games have been won by the Champions League winner, which is what Chelsea are here. And as I mentioned, Villarreal looking poor in pre-season with three draws and three losses, yet to register a single win. And as I always uh, say when you're looking at uh, these types of games, look at the combined 11s. And tell me if there is a Villarreal player that gets into the Chelsea lineup. I don't think there is. You could argue that Chelsea is still short on the attacking front because uh, Romelu Lukaku is not here yet. But even with that said, this is a team that won the Champions League last season. This is still a team where no Villarreal player gets into it. Chelsea are a class above. Chelsea look better in pre-season. And Chelsea will put out a strong lineup here that I don't think Villarreal will be able to cope with. So Chelsea on the money line at 4-5 to five Minus 125 appeals to me here as we start with a win in the first competitive game of the season. Although, let me mention the last podcast because I do think that all of the games we covered on there were competitive games. And we ended up delivering a sweep. An under in the women's Olympic final. A winner with the under in the men's Olympic final. We took Brazil to lift the trophy, which they did. And... We took Leicester as a huge underdog to win the Community Shield. I was at that game. I gave that play to my clients. So I was very, very happy to be there to see Leicester lift the Community Shield. So a nice podcast to start off the new season. A clean sweep. Let's keep that momentum going here with this show. And of course, the upcoming future show. Part two, where we'll be looking at the league winners in the EPL. The relegation odds, the top six, the top four, the top half. All of that will be covered in part two but for now that's it for me and part one here of your EPL season preview good luck with all of your bets as always and thanks for listening